Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and verse 1. And uh, the... uh, we probably should have said seven days of faith because we'll just start today, this morning. Faith that takes. Faith that takes. Hallelujah. Uh, there, there are things that we must understand about faith. And one of the main things to understand about faith is faith is a flow of confidence. Faith is a flow of confidence because that's the root of faith. The root of faith is confidence. All right. Uh, uh, the Bible says, for instance, in the book of 1 John concerning our praying, it says this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know that if He hears us, we know we have the petitions that we've requested of Him. But notice the foundation of that, confidence. This is the confidence that we have in Him. We could say this is the faith that we have in Him. Faith is a flow of confidence. All right? Faith is not a flow of pressure. Understand that faith, faith, faith will, will cause you to grow. But if you're being driven, that's the devil. If you constantly feel like somebody's got their knee in your back, that's the devil. Because the Bible never says that concerning the Holy Spirit, the Word, faith, the Father. When it it talks about the Holy Spirit and the Word and the Father, it's always talking about leading. Leading and guiding. Amen. You, 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 you will feel the compunction, you you compulsion, you'll feel the the uh, the the drive to do what God's asking you to do. But if you're being driven, that's not the spirit of faith. Faith is a flow of confidence. I know I'm in faith when I have that flow of confidence. How many are confident that you're saved? Now, here's, here's, boy, that was only about a third of the church. rest of y'all going to hell or what? How, How many? Let's try it again. How many are confident that you're saved? Okay, that's better. That's better. Now, amen. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So how many, when you got up today, you felt saved? Thank you, not one hand. Thank you. Why? Because how do you feel saved? If, if, if salvation is a feeling, then it's based on natural things. You are saved by grace through what? So what does that mean? You're saved by the grace of God. In other words, it was the grace of God. There was nothing you could do to earn it or merit it. You, you put your faith, your confidence in God's grace. And you were born again. Right? So that's how you live this life. That's why the Bible tells us, 
four times in the Bible, three times in the New Testament, the just, the justified, that's us, shall live by faith. We live by faith. We, one translation says we order or direct our manner of life by faith, never by sight. Well, when it talks about sight, it brings in the five physical senses, so that means by feeling. I live by faith, never by feeling. Well, well why is that? Because just as you said, some of y'all got up today and didn't feel saved. Some of you might have got up and sure enough felt like you weren't. But that didn't change your confidence. I'm saved. How do you know you're saved? Because I believed in my heart and confessed with my mouth. I did what the Word said. And what did he say in 1 John? He said, if, if, we, if, if we go according to His Word, we are confident. Amen. Hebrews 11.1, 1, so faith is a flow of confidence. Hebrews 11.1 1, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We could say yet. But faith, the Greek word faith is the conviction of anything, the conviction of the truth of anything, or being convinced that something's true. Being confident. The Weymouth translation says, Now faith is a confident assurance. For that which we have to do. A confident assurance. A confident assurance. The Moffat translation says, Now faith means that we are confident of what we hope for. We are confident of what we hope for. So faith is confidence. Faith is Confidence. When you say you have faith in someone, you're saying, I have confidence in that person. Faith is confidence. Faith is being confident to take. Faith is being confident to take. Now, again, I'm not talking about being driven. You have nothing to prove to anybody else where your faith is concerned. Well, I don't want them to think I'm not in faith. Who cares? The only person I'm concerned about, do they think I'm in faith, is God. That's helped me so much over the years. I am not in a hurry about anything. Well, it's the last days. Yeah, it sure is. It's been the last days for over 2,000 years, ever since the Holy Spirit came in the upper room. been the last days. Amen. The enemy will come and pressure you. What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? You better do something. You better do something. You better do something. You better do something. You better recognize that's the devil. Because the devil specializes in pushing you out beyond your faith. Oh, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, the devil specializes in pushing you out beyond your faith. Just to do something, just do something, do something, do something. Amen. And you start listening to that voice and you'll get out of faith. 
Amen. Do, do you see this? What, what's the Bible say over and over again about the voice of God? It, I, I made mention of this earlier. It talks about guiding and leading, all right, like a shepherd. You know, shepherds don't drive. Shepherds lead. You can't drive sheep. I don't know if you know anything about sheep. You can't drive them. If you start driving them, they stop. And you can go right through the middle of them. And they'll just sit there and look at you. They have to be led. That's why they often have a bell sheep or a bell goat out in front of them. And the, and the sheep follow that, that, that bell sheep or that bell goat. And, and they follow. Amen. The shepherd's there to protect, to lead them where they need to go. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. Right? Amen. And, and what the enemy does is he, he wants to drive. He wants to pressure. He wants to push you. And anytime you get there and, you're, and, you, and, and, and your confidence begins to waver. Now understand, there's a difference between your confidence wavering because you're out beyond your faith level and you throwing it away. Everybody ought to be operating to the level of faith they possess. But what do you have to do? You've got to know your measure. Amen. Now, notice this. Faith is being confident to take. Faith is being confident to take. Take what belongs to you. Take what God has promised you. Take what God has reserved for you. Amen. If, if you have need of healing, take it. If you have need of financial abundance, take it. Amen. Exercise your faith to take it. Build your faith to take it. Glory to God. I, I heard uh, uh, Buddy Harrison one time, uh, Brother Hagin was dedicating uh, their building. At one time, uh, FCF, Faith, Faith Christian Fellowship, they had four churches in Tulsa at each of uh, four corners of Tulsa, north, south, east, and west. And they had a church in the south, and they had then built a church in the north. And he was uh, uh, talking after the dedication, and he said, you know, when we started this, did, made the decision to start this church, he said, we doubled our overhead, doubled it, and lost 1,000 people. And he, then he made a statement. He said, because some people just do not have the faith to take what God's put in front of them. Now, that doesn't mean everything that's put in front of you is God's will. But when you know it's God's will, you got to exercise your faith to take it. Amen. you got to exercise your faith to take it. Notice Mark 11. Faith is confidence. Faith is being confident to take. Faith perceives as real fact what's not evident to the five physical senses. Now you can't operate in the perception of faith if you're operating from the, the side of pressure. Amen. When somebody's under pressure, what do they want? Relief from the pressure. The enemy will pressure you to make a move 
And when you make the move, you get a relief from pressure. And a lot of people think that the relief from pressure is a sign that they were in the will of God when actually they just did what the enemy wanted. Hallelujah. Do do you see this? Faith and the leading of the Holy Spirit work hand in hand. If, if, if a person doesn't learn to recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit, they'll have a hard time operating in faith. Right on the other hand, if you don't operate in faith, you'll have a hard time being led by the Spirit. Because they require, it requires faith. When you feel the Holy Spirit, sense the Holy Spirit dealing with you about something, it requires faith to step out and do it. So you have to have faith to follow the leading. But faith is given so you can follow the leading. You got to follow the leading in faith. And faith perceives as real fact what you cannot see with your five physical senses. Amen. Or feel with your five physical senses. But very often it's it's very elementary. We try to teach it in very elementary ways. But 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 think about it. When you say I am the healed of the Lord, when you make that statement, you don't always feel healed. But you're making a statement of fact based on the word of God and faith perceives that as real fact whether you feel it or not. Is that right? Amen. So if if you're believing for healing today and you have received the word, you have received what the word says about it, then according to faith and according to the word, you have it. You're not healed when the physical manifestation arrives, you're healed the moment you take it. Is that right? Amen. Hallelujah. Notice Mark 11 and verse 14. Uh Aha. This is when Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He, He answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Mm. Now, Matthew says the tree died presently, within the hour. But, but here's the point. Notice, Jesus spoke words of faith. I don't care why it says he answered it. I've had people get in great theological discussions. Well, what was he answering? Who cares? He spoke to the tree. And he told the tree, nobody's going to eat fruit of you hereafter forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Then verse 20, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. That surprised everybody but Jesus. Verse 22, Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. One Greek rendering says, have the faith of God constantly. For truly I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Hallelujah. Therefore, because you'll have whatever you say, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Now therefore, now, now remember, therefore meaning what was said previously, he said, if you believe in your heart, if you believe and do not doubt in your heart, you'll have whatever you say. 
And he says, therefore, because you have whatever you say. That's a good place to say, that's me. I believe in my heart and speak with my mouth. And therefore, I have what I say. So this is before you go to prayer. I have what I have said. Therefore, when you go to pray, you are already believing that you have received. So I'm not praying to receive. Faith is a flow of confidence. I'm not believing I have received in the sense of I'm going to pray and believe I have received. I'm in prayer, in the entryway of prayer, believing I have received. Why? Because I said. I took it. When you said it, you took it. Mm. How, how, how do you take? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, you'll remember, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, the Hebrew rendering, in the hand of the tongue. You take with the hand of your tongue. So when you, when you believe, you, when you say to the mountain, when you say to that circumstance, right, what Jesus said, he said that if you say, Whatever you say is what you'll have. He shall have whatever he says. He shall have whatever he says. What's the implied time frame there? When do you have it? When you said it. Now this is important. Because here's how a lot of people read it. Well, I said it. I'm going to have it. You just missed it. If you said it, you got it. Say out loud, say, if I've said it, I've got it. I decided years ago, I wasn't going to be one of these guys that just taught principles of faith. If, I don't, if I'm not living it, if I can't work it, I'm not preaching it. Because if I don't know how to work it, I can't tell you really how to do it. Look, I know these, these two wonderful boys over here. I'm boys, young men, forgive me. They, they, right? They, well, they are my spiritual boys, but they, they work in, in the concrete industry, and I don't know everything they do. They, they, one year in FBIMA, they brought some tools in and, and were showing how to, how to do everything. I can tell you what they do, right? They could tell me how a piece of equipment works. They can explain it so that I can explain it to you. But you put me on that job, and I'm lost. It's not what I do. Right? But you take somebody that knows what to do, not only can they do it, they can tell you how to do it. And they can tell you the shortcuts. They can tell you how it's going to be made easier. Is that right? Well, here's, here's a shortcut. If you've said it, you have it. So the moment you say it, you quit saying, I'm going to receive, I have received. Now, what's the enemy's pressure going to be? I'll tell you. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. The enemy's pressure is going to be on now, now manifestation. Well, if you have it, where's it at? If you have it, where's it at? Now, listen. Here's what he's trying to get you to do. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but that's all right. He's trying to get you to cast away your confidence. The only thing that can change you from having received is if you say, I haven't received.
When you say, I believe I have received, the only thing that can change that is if you say you haven't received. Amen. Do you see that? So when you say, I have received my healing, the only thing that can change that is if you say, I thought I did. Death and life are in the hand of your tongue. So when you say, I'm abundantly supplied, I'm completely filled, I'm rich, rich, rich. When you say, I have given, therefore it's given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, God causes men to give into my bosom. There's abundance and no lack. For my God supplies all of my need according to His riches and glory. When, when you're saying that, that's not a confession to get something to happen. It's a confession of what you already are. I am abundantly supplied. Right? Now see, that's where, that's where a lot of people miss it. They think, they, they, they think they're just trying to keep a positive confession. Words are not just positive and negative. Words are how you live. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned, Jesus said. Amen. So you're not just making a positive confession. Well, I want to be positive, so yeah, all my needs are met. No, no, no. That's who you are. I am abundantly supplied. That's a testimony of what I have. Well, I don't see abundant supply. That's why you walk by faith and not by sight. Am I helping you? But it can't be that easy. If it's not that easy, we're doing it wrong. If, if you know somebody that makes faith seem complicated, they don't know faith. Um, it's hard to live by faith. They don't know faith. It's not hard to live by faith. Easiest thing you've ever done. What's hard about it, now, now understand what I mean by this. What's, what's hard about it is you've got to stand. What's hard about it to people is you've got to look past the circumstance and believe what God said in the light and in the face of contrary circumstances. People give up, not, be, not because, listen, people give up not because not because they're weak somewhere in their makeup, but because the circumstance is constantly being played in front of them. And instead of them saying things like, I walk by faith and not by sight. Instead of them talking and saying, look, devil, I'm not changing what I believe. I'm not changing what I say. I'm not changing my confession. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm not changing. I have swore and I'm not going to change my mind. My God supplies all of my needs. Settles it. Amen. I've had to say that more than once. A symptom in your body. And I've had to let the devil know, look, I'm not changing my mind. I'm not going to change what I say. I'm the healed of the Lord. Right? Why? Faith is being confident. Tell your neighbor, say, my faith that God gave me, that came from the Word, will hold. It will get the job done. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. There are people in here believing for houses. Your house is there. Your house exists. Well, where is it at? In, In your faith realm. Your house right now, if you're believing for a house, I'll tell you where your house is in your mouth. Your house is in your mouth. It's in your mouth. He said he would give us houses. And he said it wouldn't only be houses, it would be houses full of all good things. It was, he said it would be houses full of all precious and pleasant riches. Amen. Hallelujah. I hesitate to say this, but it's just, I, 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 I'm going to say it just because it's, it's, it's pertinent to what we're, we're doing. My wife and I live in our dream home. But I can take you to the yellow legal pad that I still carry the pages around with me of my confessions that I outlined about that house. Amen. And I didn't leave anything to chance. I thank you, Lord, for our beautiful brick home. I thank you, Lord, that it's full of all pleasant and precious riches. I thank you, Father, that you said, right? Amen. And somebody would say, well, where do y'all live? And we were, we were living in a, in a really nice apartment complex at the time. And we'd say, well, we're living right here, but our house is coming. We got it. Amen. Now, that house was there all the time. In the natural. Somebody had to go lay hold of it. When you lay hold of something by faith, circumstances begin to work for your benefit. Situations begin to change. Why? Because you laid hold of it. If you laid hold of that house, then everything has to fall into line to bring it to you. Now think about this. Think about this. Man, we, we, we were driving around, and you know, this was in April of last year. You know, just, uh, what, a few short weeks after the pandemic. And uh, I'm not making light of that. I'm just saying that's how the world says it. Ooh, the pandemic. Have you ever noticed when people talk about certain things, they get real quiet, real respectful? Yeah, you know, I was dealing, talking to so-and-so, and, you know, he said his brother-in-law has... <clears throat> COVID. I'm not making light of, of that or how it's affected people, but isn't that funny? They'll, they'll take you, you know, they, they take you in the hospital, and you'll go visit somebody in the hospital, and the family members will bring you over here to the quiet corner. They have <clears throat> cancer. Like the person doesn't know they have cancer. Amen. Faith does not respect or honor what God says you're free from. That doesn't mean you don't wash your hands and do the right thing. You understand what I'm trying to say with this? So anyway, that's, a, that's all free. So, so we're, we're, we're looking for homes. We're looking for homes. Amen. And, and, and every, every, everywhere we would look, there's nothing to, to lay hold of. You know, don't just take something. Oh, we just need a house. Well, don't just go lay hold of any house. Don't just go lay hold of any, any old thing. Lay hold of what you know God wants you to have. 
That's why, remember, that's why you're being led. If you pull up in front of a house and you like it, you ask the Spirit. You ask the Holy Spirit, is this my home? And then if it's your home, what do you do? You release your faith. Right then, but I don't even know the price. That's irrelevant. Once you know by the Spirit that that belongs to you, everything else is irrelevant. It's not a risk when you know by the Spirit. Am I helping you? So we, we were looking, and there's a certain area we thought we'd like to live in, a nice area. Man, we go there, and there just wasn't anything we could lay hold of. Now, when I say nothing we could lay hold of, we weren't led to lay hold of anything. And then one day we were talking, and I, and I, and I asked my wife, I said, uh, you know, well, what about Momel? Now, Momel is, is just, it's, it's, like from, uh, it's like from here to Olathe, or Lenexa, just, what, 12 miles, 13 miles, something like that, across the river, which right now is kind of a pain because they're working on the bridge. But anyway, hallelujah. <laughs> the, 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 the point is, 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 you know, God said, go there. Now, there were only two houses that we could find available. <laughs> well, man, we, we went up the hill and turned left on Cherokee and drove down to Mohawk and turned right and came to Ponca and turned right, and it's the second house up right there on the cul-de-sac, and when we pulled in front of it, the Lord said, that's your house. <laughs> so what'd you do? Called the realtor and said, when can we look at it? Amen. Walked in the door and knew it was our house. Now here, I was telling you about setting things up. So we, we walk in the house, and it just so happens that the people that live there, now they were older than us, but you know they, 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 were, they were beyond middle age, and uh, they had adopted their grandchild, and it really blessed them that we had adopted our grandchild, and they wanted to help us. So there were two people. We had another person really pushing, trying to, trying to get in that house. And they had to make a decision. And they chose us. And now, now they, were, they were Christians as well. I don't know that they made a spiritual decision. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. That's not a coincidence. Faith set that up. When you, when you lay hold of what you believe belongs to you, you can see it in the Word of the Holy Spirit deals with you about it. When you lay hold of it, everything else is irrelevant. You hear what I'm saying? Because you have laid hold of it. So if you're believing for a home, a house, when do you have your house? When you believe you received it. Now, you know how hard it would be for me to get a house? Houses cost what they've always cost. They cost faith. Vehicles cost what they've always cost, faith. Amen. Are you with me? So believe you have received. Hallelujah. When you pray. One translation says, when you believe, you have received. So you received it, you took it when you said it. Hallelujah. So when you say, I believe I received my healing, and then somebody looks at you, maybe the symptoms are still there, and they say, how are you doing? 
You don't say, well, I'm believing. What do you say? I'm taking healing. Why? Because that's what I've received. Amen. Right, right, right now, how many are believing for some things in your body? Just raise your hands. You're believing for some things in your body. Say this out loud. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that I receive healing right now from the top of my head to the sole of my foot. Every organ, every part of my body, every muscle, every bone, every tendon, every level, blood sugar levels, blood levels, all levels are perfectly normal in my body, in Jesus' name. I am healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, here's the thing. Do you believe you receive? Then you got it. Now, what's, what's the response? See, there's a proper response. And when, when the enemy or your body or whatever wants to tell you something contrary to what you believe you've received, you got to go back to, I received on Sunday morning when I raised my hand and said, I believe I received. Amen. Faith's not hard. It's just different. Just different. Hallelujah. When you, when you see what you're believing for in the natural realm is not when you received it. You received it when you took it by faith. Waiting for the physical manifestation slows down the arrival. Amen. You, you know what I mean by that? Well, you know, it'll just be good when I can see it. That slows down the arrival. It might stop the arrival. I believe I received. Well, when did you receive it? When I, when I, when I said it. And there will be people in your life say, well, I don't understand that. Well, don't expect them to understand it. The Bible says the things of faith are foolishness to people that are natural minded. They don't understand it. This is not a knock against them, but they just don't understand it. They, they don't understand how you can forgive when somebody did you wrong. Because the natural carnal way is, is to get people back. Give them the old treatment. Amen. But you just forgive and go on. Why? Because that's, that's what people of faith do. I, I'm looking around this room, and I know people in here that have things that there's no physical, natural way that you should have them. But you have them because God gave them to you, and you got them by faith. Amen. There are people under the sound of my voice that by all intents and purposes, by all rights, you should at least be incapacitated and possibly dead. But here you are today, healed and well and whole because you took your healing by faith. And your confidence just grows. Every faith step and every faith victory builds confidence for the next faith step. I feel really bad for people that don't live by faith because they don't know how to achieve anything. And they won't grow. They're limited to what they can do. Faith is only limited to what God can do. Amen. How many believe the Bible says, with God all things are possible? 
How many believe that? Oh, but how many believe this? That it says nothing's impossible to him that believes. So nothing's impossible with God, but nothing's impossible to me if I'll believe God. Mm, hallelujah. Say that out loud. Say, nothing is impossible to me because I believe God. Mm, hallelujah. So we read Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says that faith is the substance One translation says faith is the realization of things hoped for. This is so important because it changed my life years ago. Faith is of the same value as the thing hoped for. Faith is of the same value as the thing hoped for. Well, how did Jesus say that it was evidence that you were in faith? You believe you received when you said. So, faith is of the same value as the thing hoped for. Faith is the title deed. Faith is the grounds. Faith is the confidence. So, when you're in faith, you can say with no hesitation, you have what you're in faith about. Because faith is of the same value. What's worth more, a $100 bill or 520s? It's all the same, right? Now, 420s are not the same value as a $100 bill. Right? What costs more to make, a $100 bill or a $5 bill? They're the same. Same ink, same color, right? Different denomination. What does that mean? Faith fits all sizes. It doesn't matter what you're believing for. If you got faith, you can get it. So if you've got faith and you are in faith for debt freedom, faith is the same value as your debt freedom. So you don't need somebody to give you ever how much money you need to come out of debt to believe you're out of debt. You believe you're out of debt And it's the same value. I've had people say, well, I'm in faith, and when God does it, God already did it. Faith perceives as real fact. Is that right? Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, I don't know what you're believing for, but I believe you got it. Amen. Ha, ha, ha. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm single and I don't have a man. Good. Praise God. You can focus all your time on your faith. Amen. Amen. You know, Pastor, I need me a woman. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you need to accrue some things. But, but here, here's my point, right? Pe- people think they can't do certain things without other things besides faith. Well, it'd be good to do that. And you know, if the Lord would give me a raise, I probably could. Well, faith will get you a raise, but faith is not dependent on your raise. 
Look at, look at the phrase we quoted earlier. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So what it says? And then he said, all things are possible to him that believes. So with God, nothing, no thing is impossible. And with the believer, all things are possible. So you take the God that nothing's impossible to, and you take the believer that all things are possible for, and you get that believer to put his faith with the God that nothing's impossible to. Amen. Faith is of the same value as the thing hoped for. If you have faith, you have the thing. Well, Pastor, but I don't have it. So are you saying you don't have faith? Because if you have faith, you have the thing. Amen. Even today, you order something online. You know, the day, the day and age we live in, you know, we do that a lot. Well, if you order it and you pay for it, you're likely to tell people, I got one of those. And then you might say, I mean, you know, they're going to deliver it tomorrow, but I got one. I paid for it. I got it. Is it yours? Did you pay for it? Was the transaction made? Did they debit your account? So you paid for it. If you paid for it, you got one? All right, but I haven't seen it yet, but do you got it? Yes. Why? Because I paid for it. Yes. One day they're going to they're gonna ring the door, dong, 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 right? And then, amen. And wherever you're at, it's going to come up on your phone. Somebody's at your front door, right? Amen. Hallelujah. And, and somebody that didn't know what was going on, they say, whoo, you got a package. But you're going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I was expecting that. I, I got that the other day. Amen. Has your spouse ever been a killjoy? You know, I mean, you get it, you, you're right, right? I mean, they, 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 they deliver something, and you're like, whoo, we got a package. They're like, oh, yeah, I was expecting that. Right? When something shows up that you took by faith, it's not a surprise. There's rejoicing, there's, there's shouting, but I'm not shouting because I didn't expect it. I'm shouting because look at there. Just what God said was going to happen, happened. But when did, you, when did you get it? When did you get it? When you made the transaction. Faith is the transaction point in the Spirit. The moment you put faith on it, the moment you believe you receive, that's when you got it. That's when you got it. Amen. A lot of believers will say, well, I have it by faith, meaning, uh, you know, I don't have it, but I'm hoping. I'm hanging in there. Right? Well, you know, brother, how's this going? Well, I got it by faith. Meaning, I don't have it, but I'm hoping. I'm hanging in there. If you got it by faith, you got it. Amen. You know, when you're cooking, I gather all of my ingredients. That's just how I do. Maybe you don't do that. But I get everything out I'm going to use, and I put it on the center island, and, and then I got everything right there, right? Well, here's the thing. This is important. I have the substance of what I'm going to make. 
It takes time to see the finished product, but I got it all right there. I got this seasoning. I got this product. I've got this over here. Everything I need to make it is right there. And if you'll give me a little bit, you'll see the finished product. But there's things I got to do in between time. I got to preheat the oven. I got to mix ingredients. Well, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says you got to mix faith with the word that you hear. Isn't that right? So you're, you're mixing faith with the word you're hearing today. So you got the spiritual bowl out and you're mixing it. And right now the spiritual oven's preheating. And before we leave today, we'll take that and pop it in the oven. Amen. And, 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 and you're not going to say, well, I got something in the oven by faith. No, you, it's, it's there. Hallelujah. And if you'll just be patient, right? You know, if the instructions say, if the recipe says, bake it for 45 minutes. And you pull it out at 35. Well, it's what, you, it's what you wanted, it's just not done. Right? N- n- notice here in Hebrews 10. Am I helping you? I'll just stick with what I use. I'm kind of that way anyway. That age me in my faith. I'm not always looking for something different. You know, if what you believe changed your life, why are you looking for something different? (laughs) I mean, if faith healed you and faith blessed you and faith saved your family and faith restored you, why are you looking for something different? Amen. People just need to get back to the Word. Amen. The Lord said about this year, He said that it was going to be a year when people hungered for the Word like a hungry man hungered for food. And I've never seen the need for it so, so badly in my life than right now. And not just because of what the world came through in 2020. The world's looking for answers. And it's, it's got a, it's, the Lord told us, He said, you keep preaching the pure Word of faith in the manner you learned it. Here's something about all of my predecessors. They know how to walk by faith, and none of them ever got in a hurry. I come from a long lineage of non-hurriers. And you're not going to make me hurry. I don't have to make a decision. You understand that? Neither do you. Just tell your neighbor, say, I don't have to make a decision. Amen. Now, when the time's right, jump on it. Hallelujah. Folks, we need faith so bad because we got a prophecy a day or five prophecies a day. I've never seen so many predictive prophecies that none of them have come to pass. And people just keep talking about them. Why don't they just hush and get back to the Word? Because once you get all that out there, how do you walk it back? (laughs) 
What does the word say? I said, what does the word say? I had somebody tell me one time, well, I'm by faith. I'm believing that this such such is going to happen in the political arena. And it's just like, you know, I have faith that I'm healed. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The difference is this. You've got, fa- you've got, a, you've got a foundation for faith talking about healing. You have no foundation for faith talking about the political arena. There's not one scripture that promises anybody in this room that Donald Trump will come back and be president. You don't have that scripture. Well, so-and-so said, I don't give a rip what so-and-so said. 45's on his way back. Scripture for that. Chapter and verse. It'll sidetrack you. It'll hijack your faith. You won't be believing for what you need to be believing for. If your faith's in 45, I feel bad for you. My faith is in Jesus Christ. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And when somebody says the reason why these things didn't happen is people didn't believe the prophecy, the prophets, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's not Bible. It's not Bible. If God told a prophet, oh Lord, I'm getting myself in so much trouble. If God told a prophet, that somebody was going to be president, and they stepped out and they said, God said this person was going to be a prop, going to be president, and then he didn't become president, and then you tell me it's my fault because I didn't believe you? Nope. It's not right. It's not Bible. Were you saying these people are false prophets? I'm not saying anything. What I'm telling you is you got to decide what you're going to put your faith in. And you you got to believe what God said and don't cast away your confidence. What, why, why is it that we think that, oh, Lord, I'm shutting up with that. I'm, watch me. Shut up. <laughs> Amen. I don't care. You hear me? I don't care. Amen. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. (laughs) Hallelujah. I will tell you this. Brother Hagin said something when he was talking about predictive prophecy. And he said 90% of the prophet's office is in private. He said 90% of what God tells me, I don't tell anybody. Now, that's from a father in the faith. And then you got guys out there that have a prophecy or two or three or four a day. Doesn't make sense. Now, everybody that's saying Air Force One is going to bring 45 back, what if it doesn't happen? I'm not telling you it won't. But here's what I'm saying. What if it don't happen? Then what? Then what do we do? How you walk that back? You said it. You said it on national TV. Now, how do you walk that back? Why don't we just stick with what's written in the Word and what's plainly in the Bible? And then you don't got to walk anything back. If you believe God told you that, fine, believe it. Paul said, if you got faith, have it to yourself. If you believe that's what's going to happen, fine, believe it. 
But you don't got to be running around telling everybody this is what's going to happen and then if it doesn't happen, blaming them for not believing you. Well, the Bible says believe my prophets and you'll prosper. What did it say? It, that scripture was talking about the city being surrounded and God told that young man, the spirit of the prophet came on him and God told that young man that nothing was going to happen to that city, that the enemy would not shoot an arrow in that city, that nothing would be wrong, that God would take care of them. And then Jehoshaphat, the king, stood up and said, we've just heard from God, now let's believe the prophet. What God said through him, and we'll prosper. Did they? But you can't take that one scripture and put it on whatever you call prophecy and then tell me I didn't prosper because I didn't believe you. That'll hurt your faith. Everybody that says they're a prophet isn't. I don't know why I'm saying this, but... Yeah, but they have such deep revelation. That means nothing. It means nothing. The end result of is a person a prophet... Is, is what they say, does it happen? And I'll remind you of something else. There's not one scripture in the entire New Testament that tells you to be led by a prophet. You're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit. Around the end of October, it just came up in my spirit. And I didn't, see, I didn't say anything. I won't say anything. It's not my job. But it came up in my spirit. Donald Trump's not going to be president. You say, what'd you do? Nothing. I'm not supposed to go tell everybody. God told me. If God tells me something about you, I'm not going to go tell you. Well, why not? Because he didn't tell me to. If he tells me to, I will. Amen. Yeah, we need to meet. No, not really. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now, I know that might go crosswise of some people's theology today, and I don't know why we're here on faith. But, folks, you need to understand something. There are things that can discourage people, and it hinders their faith. Either If the Word cannot work, with the present administration that we have, then we have all believed the lie. And this, this is not worth the paper it's written on. No, but he's going to do this and he's going to do that. Okay, all right, fine. And what are we going to do? We're going to keep believing God. We're just going to act like the Bible's true. Amen. Glory to God. Did you find Hebrews 10? I want to make sure you swiped there, turned there, whatever. And what you didn't hear me say was that any of those people are, are bad. I believe they're good people. I believe they love the Lord. But I believe that you can get yourself in a position where you've said so much you can't walk it back. You know, if you look at somebody and go, hey, I don't like you. How do you walk that back? Well, here's what I meant. No, that's what you said is what you meant. Right? When you say something, 
and you say, this is going to happen. And this is how it's going to be. That might be what you believe, but it doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to say. Amen. The Bible tells us that what we are to believe and speak is what the Bible says, what the Word says. Amen. And people say, well, what do you do if you're wrong? I will shout with you. I'll dance in the street. Amen. Because I don't think anything better could happen. You follow what I'm saying? But that's not where your faith is. My faith is not in Donald Trump. And my faith is not wavering because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are in power. That doesn't affect my faith whatsoever. You know, the whole country is supposed to fall apart and go to hell in the handbasket when Barack Obama was president. And here we are. The whole thing was supposed to fall apart when Bill Clinton was president. I remember Jimmy Carter was president and the whole thing was supposed to fall apart. It almost did. But thank God we prayed. Amen. <laughs> we sent Jimmy back to Georgia. <laughs> Hebrews 10. So I'm, I'm saying that. Don't get mad at me. If, if you listen to that and, and you, you watch that, I'm not mad at you. And, and I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm not saying they're wrong. But, but, but what I'm telling you is you watch because those things will hurt your faith. Lord, I'll say that. I, I, years ago, years ago, they had an event at the, uh, the Mabee Center in uh, Tulsa, Oral Roberts Mabee Center, and uh, uh, they're on the campus. And it was, it was called, uh, it was like the, the homecoming, and they had all of, of the people of any stature in, I would say, our circles, charismatic circles. I mean, uh, Till Osborne, Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland, uh, you know, you, you name it, they, they were there. Uh, and there was a certain lady that at one time was very, very prominent in, in the Word of Faith circles and had a great healing ministry, and she had been diagnosed with cancer. And there was a lady there uh, that at times would have uh, manifestations in her body. Uh, the Catholic Church calls it stigmata. And uh, I, uh, I knew this lady personally. And uh, especially around Easter, all the marks of the crucifixion would come in her body. And I don't, I don't mean just, it, it wasn't something fake. I mean, the blood would run out of her hands, out of her head, out of her side, out of her feet, her back. I mean, it was, it was, it was I don't want to use the word amazing because that would imply that I was in favor of it. It was, it was a phenomenon. And her and her husband had a ministry. Well, she happened to be there. Now, she wasn't part of that group, but somebody that was a part of that group asked her to pray for this lady that had cancer. I said, this lady's name, you'd know her. When she got done praying, she took her hand off this lady's shoulder and a feather fell to the ground. And she did this. She said, oh, the Holy Spirit has just touched you. Well, there were people that just thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Well, the Holy Spirit's not a bird. The Holy Spirit doesn't have feathers. Well, he's a dove. No, he's not. 
It says he descended in bodily form as a dove on Jesus. Not as a dove, like he looked like a dove, the way a dove descends. Well, two ministers were there. That, that Again, if I said their name, you'd have very great confidence in them. And, and they, they got the video of this, and it was evident this woman had palmed that feather. Now think about this. There's two things to see here. She's praying for somebody that has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And she's playing games. All right? They, said, they, they took it to my pastor, to Pastor Caldwell. And they said, here's the video. We're going to expose her. We're going to expose her. And he said, I wouldn't do that. Now, remember, the name of his church was Agape. I, I wouldn't do that. And they said, well, we're going to Brother Hagin. He said, okay. So they went to Brother Hagin, talked to Brother Hagin. They came back. They said, what did Brother Hagin say? And they said, Brother Hagin said, I wouldn't expose her because if you expose her, it will make it difficult for any of us that believe in the supernatural to have an impact in people's lives. I say that to say this. I'm not against anybody that's trying to do something for Jesus. I'm not criticizing anybody because the spirit of prophecy and the office of the prophet and the gift of the prophet are vital. The Bible says we need that gift for the edifying of the body of Christ. What I'm trying to explain to you is you don't put your faith in what somebody said. You put your faith in the word. They can be wrong. This cannot be wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. I love everybody in here, but you can be wrong. Right? There's only one person in this room that can't be wrong. You thought I was going to say me. I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hebrews 10. Well, I took too long on that, but we'll be back tonight. Hebrews 10 and verse 35. Notice what it says. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence that has great recompense of reward. Why? You have need of patience. That after you've done the will of God, you may receive or you may obtain the promise. Amen. One translation, the Moffat translation says, now don't drop that confidence of yours. So faith, again, is a flow of confidence. Faith is a flow of confidence. The Amplified Bible says your fearless confidence. So confidence is faith. Faith is confidence. If you will not drop your faith, your faith will not fail. Well, the Bible says Jesus prayed for Peter that his faith wouldn't fail. Yeah, that he, he did, Luke twenty two thirty two, But in the Greek it says that you may not lose your faith. Another translation says so your faith won't become ineffective. Anything of God will not fail if I won't drop it. Well, I knew so-and-so and their faith failed. No, you don't know the person whose faith failed. You might know somebody that let go of their faith, but you don't know the person whose faith failed. I've had people come to me and say, well, you know, I know knew so-and-so and that didn't work for them. You don't know the person the word hasn't worked for. That's a strong statement, but you don't know them. There's nobody that has put faith in the Word that the Word hadn't worked for. 
Oh, so you're putting it all off on me. It's that I don't have no faith. That's not what I'm saying. Everybody's got faith. Romans 12, 3 says each man's been given the measure of faith. Faith comes by hearing. You can have as much faith as you want. But Paul said that you can have faith to move mountains, and if there's not other things that you're doing, that faith won't do you any good. You can be full of faith, and if you're constantly dropping the shield and throwing away your confidence and backing off, it's not going to work. Amen. The will of God, notice he says, after you've done the will of God, you'll receive the promise. The will of God pertaining to faith, specific to faith, is believing and speaking. That's the will of God where faith is concerned. After you've done the will of God, what will happen? You will receive the promise. Well, what's the will of God? Believe and speak. After you have believed and spoke, all that's left is the receiving. Amen. Now, the devil has to get you to let go of your faith. And when you let go of your faith, you let go of the thing desired. Now, I'm going to touch on this briefly. We, we might touch on this more tonight. I don't know. There's a difference. You got to watch this. Because I've talked to people before, and they, they'll say things, they'll say, well, I did that, and that didn't work. No, that's wrong. What's, what's the Bible say? It says it in two instances. It says in James, submit yourself, therefore, unto God, resist the devil, and, and what? And what? So if somebody says, I resisted the devil, and he didn't flee, Right? What's that tell you? They dropped their faith. When does faith believe it? When does faith have it? When you received it, right? So when you say, no, 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 I resist that in Jesus' name. What happened? What happened? What happened? He left. Yeah, but he came back. Well, what do you do? No, 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 I, re I resist that in Jesus' name. Yeah, but he just won't leave me alone. I know. That's why you stand at the... Listen, there's a difference between laying hold of the word when you're under a satanic attack and just laying hold of the word when you're believing for a promise. You got to up your game. I'm telling you if, you, if you are under an attack from the devil, there's a difference between how you lay hold of the word then and how you lay hold of the word on a day-to-day -day basis. Amen. When you're under an attack from the enemy, you got, you, you got to lay hold of the word. It might be moment by moment. It might be hour by hour. But you do whatever it takes to stop the onslaught of the enemy. Faith will stop all the fiery darts of the wicked. But I have to not cast away my confidence. Right? Because, because you'll say, nope, I cast that down. I refuse that in Jesus' name. I resist that. And that, that you'll get that, that peace. And then somebody will say, but it feels like he just did a U-turn and came back. He did. 
What do you do? Keep the shield up. No, I told you to get. Now you get. Amen. Hallelujah. What are you doing? You're laying hold. You're laying hold. You're laying hold. The, the devil knows something. <laughs> that if he doesn't try to come back, he's never going to gain a victory. P.C. Nelson made a statement. He said, more people lose their healing over a counterattack from the devil than any other reason. Because once you're healed and you know you're healed, amen, the enemy's going to come back and try to convince you that you're not. What do you do? You keep the shield. You don't cast away your confidence. Right? Amen. It said, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Amen. You might be here today and you're under an onslaught from the enemy. You, listen, double up, triple up, whatever you've got to do. Amen. Why? Because you keep your faith out there in front of you. If the enemy steps up the pressure, you step up the resistance. Amen. And don't ever let that come into your mind. Well, I resisted and he didn't flee. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Well, he's still here. That don't mean anything. The presence of an enemy means nothing. The word worked. I said the word worked. Amen. Oh, glory. Well, I better stop there. We'll just hit pause. And we'll unpause tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't God good? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Never let the enemy be the one that tells you whether or not your faith is working. You know, I was talking with somebody one time. And uh, now, I don't know everything. But uh, I've been in church my whole life. I have, uh, I've been... Uh, a full-time pastor for going on 23 years. I've been in the ministry for longer than that. Here's my point. I mentioned uh, Jeremy and Jamie, what they do for a living, or actually the, the job they have, they give for a living. But the, the, the point is, is uh, I would not come on your job, whatever your job is, and start telling you, What's right or wrong about your job? I don't know. I was sitting with some people one time, discussing some things, and and I don't with certain people I don't I don't discuss certain things, you know, theological things and things of that nature. Because anyway, this person looked at me and they were in favor of uh, of uh, homosexual marriage, and uh, they looked at me and they said, uh, well. Jesus never condemned homosexual marriage. Now, here's the first thing that came up to me. This is what I do. This is what I do. 
And now here's an unbeliever explaining to me what Jesus said. That's like an expert writing a book about children and has none. Right? Listen, unless you've changed diapers and been spit up on and, and went through rebellion, don't, don't even, don't, don't, right? You say, well, what'd you do? Well, it's very simple. Jesus said that marriage was between a man and a woman. When he created them in the beginning, he created them male and female, and he called the female a wife and the male a husband, and there's no other option. That's what Jesus said. Here's my point. Don't let the devil tell you whether or not you're in faith. He doesn't know anything about faith. He's a flesh devil. He wants to get you out of faith because he knows if, he, if you stay in faith, he doesn't have a chance. Isn't, isn't that great to know that the enemy that you have doesn't have a prayer, doesn't have a hope, doesn't have a shred of a chance of defeating you because you're just hidden behind the shield of faith and there's nothing he can do? Amen. Let's stand up, shall we pray?